Dude, if you would have quoted me like six or seven, I'd be like, yeah, man, it seems a little great, but you might break 4%. Come on. Seriously? Well, We've gotten spoiled. The media teaches us, too, to yeah. say, you know, well, my neighbor got this, well, my neighbor got that. There's 22 plus factors that go into determining an interest rate. Ooh. You know? So it's, I think it, our, the media trains us to say, you know, I'm expecting this rate or that rate. But when you look at it, you know, an eighth here, an eighth there on these type of rates, I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking $7 in payment or something, which <laughs> adds up, absolutely. But I think going into it, understanding the ins and outs is so much more important than getting the lowest rate. You know, what is this going to cost me? Why are we here? How long yeah. are we staying in the house? There's a lot more to it than here's your rate. You know, it just, it's not the same rate for every program and everybody, it's different. Every scenario is different. So. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook, the podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Julie Howe. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Yeah? Good. Talking about the nice break in traffic that I don't think we're going to get to have forever, but that's okay too. Yeah, that's so good. there is always something positive that comes out of a negative, like COVID, right? A lot of positive things. Reduce some traffic for you. Yes. Now it's all coming back. It's all coming back slowly. But there's, it's going to be a big shift. It's, yeah. I, I mean, in my opinion, just watching everything, I don't think as many people are going to go back. What do you so, mean by that? Tell me more about that. Just, we're seeing a lot of people that want to work from home. Yeah. My team included. And a lot of people moving further from their offices and leases not being renewed and hopefully that'll keep some of the traffic down. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Well, so my father-in-law says I have to start each of these with a joke. He's good for that. Yeah. Old jeans band hook. <laughs> Let's so, hear it. In the spirit of COVID, I got one. All right. What did the elevator say to the other elevator? Not see you at the top. I don't know. I think I'm coming down with something. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was going the wrong way. <laughs> going the wrong way. I like it. I like it. So we've been uh, doing these funny little jokes, and I've been trying to, if, if there's a theme with somebody's industry, I've tried to find one on those, but I didn't take quite as much time to go look, look for, for one. So I didn't have a, a lending side of the house one. You so, could just show something absolutely wild and crazy, and oh, that's what it is right and now. And I'm pretty sure everybody's expecting me to say something wild and crazy. Perfect. But then, I'm keeping it PG-30. Okay. I'll do my best. You don't have to. <laughs> it's a free country. You can say whatever you want. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing about this is you can say whatever you want. Is it, this? I'll is, behave. Make my parents proud. Make your parents proud. I know. You know, this is not like... Girls gone wild where your dad is watching something and then seeing something that you're like, ah, could be worse. Right. Yeah, it could be much worse. Man, and, and, and that's that's what you are too, right? It's, everything could be so much worse. Uh, yes. You are one of the most positive people ever met in my life where everything could be worse. You know, people get so wrapped up in stuff. As a matter of fact, wrapped up in something. Something I didn't know about you. I'm totally curious to find this out. So you've been doing business. With my wife, Laura, my business partner, almost 20 decades. No, 20 two years. De two, 20 years. Two decades. 20 decades. We met that in middle school. Met in middle uh -huh. school. 
Because, I mean, you just turned 24. Right, right, right. Right. Um, and so as I was preparing for this, because I knew you were an Aggie. I'm an Aggie. You went to A&M, and I did not know that you were a poultry science major. Yes. Tell me about that. So my mom and dad both grew up in small towns, West yeah. Texas, outside of Abilene and outside of Lubbock. And I have always, I showed pigs in high school in Plano. Okay. And so have always loved agriculture stuff. So knew I wanted to go to A&M. I kind of thought I wanted to be a vet. But when I got there, I realized I didn't want to stay in school that long. So some poultry science, when I went 20 years ago, was becoming really popular. And there weren't many women in this major. So twofold, get a job, possibly a husband, right? You yeah. know, lots of, I mean, it was a good, good. Took a lot of boxes. A, right. right. You just yeah. didn't know what was going to come of it. So I loved it. I studied poultry science all four years throughout A&M. I never changed my major. And then I got out of college and moved home. And the jobs that I could do were marketing for pilgrims, quality control, that type of stuff. But everywhere had me going to East Texas or Waco or Arkansas, and I wasn't ready to leave the Metroplex. Okay. Long story short, I got a job with a home builder and never went into the poultry industry, but mm. I loved it. And I still read about it. It's really interesting. I don't eat much chicken. You don't Because I know a lot. I know a lot. You know a lot. I've seen a Talk, lot. Educate me. Educate me. Just the process and how they're raised and grown. and Yeah. I, I mean, a lot, I don't discourage my kids from eating it, but yeah. I just, it, I'd much rather have beef. Yeah. So, or pork. So, like, it's kind of like when you're visiting China and you eat something really unique, don't ask what it is. Yes. Or how it was made. Yes. Because it might, actually, it will cause right. you to go, I'm not. You're better I'm not, not to know. I am not putting that in my mouth. Mm -hmm. No way. Mm -hmm. No way is that happening. No. Yeah. That's, so, it was funny because I was like, how did I not know this? And it was mm -hmm. just so, so interesting. But it made sense because everything about you is interesting. It's different. You live a charmed life. A great life. Yeah. I mean, your husband, like every guy wants to be that guy, <laughs> right? I mean, I think I mean, so. Outside of, Super hot. Yeah. Outside of just being married to this beautiful, successful, professional woman, he's pretty good looking. He's a lot himself. of fun. Yeah. He is. That guy could have fun at a funeral. Yes. He really could. Yes. He have fun anywhere. Yes. Yeah. When Agreed. I need a good laugh, I will send that guy a text. Because I know that whatever the response is, I'm going to be rolling in laughter for at least five minutes. Yeah. That He's a lot awesome. of fun. He is. Great dad, great husband. Yeah. So I'm lucky. I, I, yeah. I do have a charmed life. I Going through COVID and everything and, you know, you go, oh, this or that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I don't know one person that has it better or is more blessed than me. And I truly yeah. feel that way. Yeah. So that's what you know. you got to stay positive. you got to put one foot in front of the other and keep it going. Yeah, I feel like I said this a few minutes ago. Yeah. You're always positive. Well, yeah. You're always seeing the, the half glass not full. Fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you go to this home builder. I go how to long, this home builder. How, how long were you there? I was there two and a half years. I did marketing and sales. And then I went into doing the construction piece with the city, getting specs, plans, um, approved through the city for permits. And then um, I went... I left there. So I did that two and a half years for two home builders. And then I went and taught school for a year. What was that like? I, yeah, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> what, you, what, what grade and what did you teach? Sixth grade math and science in Weatherford. Okay. It was rough. Yeah. It was really rough. I, 
I had no teaching experience. I got, I was seeing someone in a small town so I could move to this small town and do, um, I could work in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no option for me not to have a job. So I could work in a nursing home or be a teacher. Those were kind of the two top positions that were in these small towns I was looking at. And so I went and got my emergency teaching certification at Tarleton, which is like, Hey, this is what education looks like. Ready three months, you know, you do a project and then you go no classroom experience, everything. So sixth grade math and science, um, and they ate my lunch. Did they? Yes. <laughs> I grew up in like a very— metaphorically, or no, they were stealing your it. lunch each day. And like, it felt like, like all of it. Where's my sandwich at? No, it just—I um, was raised in a very strict household. Mm-hmm. You did not disrespect adults at all. Right. And that wasn't the case for a lot of the kids, and mm. it was very eye-opening. I loved the kids. I, I loved them, but it was so hard, and I did it for one year. Yeah, I wanted to leave it. Think, or uh, I guess that would have been Christmas. But my dad is, you committed to these kids, and you need to stick it out. So. Right? Did that cause you to have even a greater respect for that profession uh, just because absolutely. of what they've got to deal with? Absolutely. Like I cannot imagine being any of the teachers that had me. Oh, like I they, can't. They would probably rather be waterboarded in Guantanamo Bay with kerosene and have me in their classroom. I it, it's I was hard. That, I was that kid. I believe it. Oh yeah. Hyper, I mean, you know, of course, nobody, nobody knew what the title of these things were right. back in, you know, in the 70s and 80s, and, you know, you know, hyper HDAD, whatever, yeah. you know, squirrel on methamphetamines, whatever, <laughs> may, whatever that may be. And that's what it was is I, the funny thing is I couldn't read. And everybody's like, what? So that was my secret growing up. I just thought I was dumb. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that because I think poorly of myself or anything else. It's just you, when everybody around you can read and you can't, you just think, I guess I lost that gene growing up, right? Yeah. So, but I didn't, but I was terrified of anybody to know the secret. Sure. Because we all have three lives and I don't care who you are, priest or president. Everybody's got a secret. Yes. Everybody's got a professional life. Everybody's got a per- personal life. Yes. And mine was, I was terrified that people would learn. That I, I didn't know that. Read. Oh, yeah. So how old were you when you oh, finally man. caught it? Oh, um, well, I didn't really learn how to read till after I was in the Marine Corps. That right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True story. So, There's so Education is just so tough. There's so many things yeah. like that. So many pieces, so many... Nobody in the 80s but, knew yeah. what dyslexia was, right? Like, they had the hooked on phonics and I'm ready to read, you know, and... And then, and, and, you know, and I'm watching that commercial or hearing it, and I was like, man, I, I really want to do that. But then everybody's going to know my secret. Yeah. And I'm, That's so, a big secret to keep. Oh, it was big. So it was really funny is I learned to do two things so that way nobody would ever find out my secret. I learned to be very charismatic and talkative so that way I could set this boundary so that way nobody knew that I couldn't read, but I would learn to listen at the same time. Because if I could hear it, I taught myself to remember it, which later would help in learning foreign languages. Right. I hear it once, learn on foreign languages in six months. Math, can't even, calculator is not even <laughs> going to help me, right? So, but, um, so, go in the Marine Corps, and then finally, you can only fake it for so long. So, I, I mean, it was the reason I dropped out of high school, which, by the way, if you ever want to make a United States Marine Corps recruiter really, really happy, tell them that. that you've dropped out of high school. But I was 17. My parents had signed for me. I was like, hey, I want to go be a warfighter. That's all I want to do. And then, boom. And then I learned to read. And it was like, uh, 
opening door. So I, I read by word recognition. Huh. I can't, my brain does not process vowels. Like if you put the words house and horse right next to each other. Right. The only reason I could pick house correctly is because I got a 50-50 chance of picking one or two right. Because they both look exactly the same for me. So I learned to read by word recognition. And, and it was, so this was really funny. Is, uh, and I've had this conversation with a couple of guests is people go, man, you're the most confident person Yes. You can do anything in the world. You have no insecurities. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I've got my own. So here it was. I get out of the Marine Corps, hire on a four PD, go to Tarrant County College for two years, get a full academic scholarship to TCU, get a degree in foreign policy, later go back to TCU, get an MBA. You know what my biggest insecurity is? Education. Even though I've taken all these steps. Right. Because for almost two decades of my life, it was just, there's something wrong with me. Nobody, nobody knew what dyslexia was. I can't right? imagine as a child sitting in the classroom yeah. being afraid to be called on. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, man. Well, you know what would happen is I That's, would listen, or if there was a movie out on the book topic, I would right. go watch a movie. And, and teachers knew if you watch a movie, read the book. But they were like, well, at least he gave effort of at least watching the movie, right? Right. I mean, I was not an A student. I mean, I was barely trailing by. But if it was, hey, we have this reading, we need to call on you, my action was to do something dumb to get thrown out of class. Because I'd rather be thrown out of class right. than someone know my big, ugly secret. Right. Right? And now, I mean, because I have such a respect for the teaching profession, the knee-jerk reaction of it, it was, I was so paranoid that our daughter would not get the level of education she needed. We put her through private school. Yeah. I mean, we spent more on private school for her to get her high school diploma than most people will spend on two or three college degrees uh, because of that knee-jerk reaction, right? Is like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm paranoid. So my, and I totally did not, was not intending to go off topic like that, but, it's but so hearing you go be a teacher and just, when I hear of that profession, I go, man, but this is also what I can tell folks. You can go from being a 17-year-old high school dropout who couldn't read to someone that is extremely successful. But because no path to success comes without some bumpy road. For sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. And so so you go teach. Sorry, I got off topic. No. I was interrupting. So you go teach. I go and teach. Yeah. And then I, it was so 2002. Refi boom, rates were low. And my mom has been in the business. At this point, she had been in the business probably real estate forever. But the mortgage business, um, 10, 15 years. And I called her and I said, and I was living in Fort Worth and she was in Dallas. And I said, I am coming home to work for you because she needed just help. I was like, I'm not staying because I never wanted to be in the mortgage business. I wasn't going to you know, answer my phone on the weekends or do 100% commission and all that stuff. I said, I am coming home, but I, you know, just because I'm not teaching ever again, <laughs> as long as we all shall live. And uh, so anyways, I came home and started on her team. And so I've been there 18 years. This August. 18 In the mortgage business. Years. And I can't imagine doing anything else, but you're right. Like I a lot of bumps from chickens to teaching to get to where I am. So. Yeah. And not just stuff. in the mortgage business, but like one of the industry leaders Thank you. in the business, right? I mean, when we know Julie Howe has the deal, we have an instant relief. 
we know that that side of the house is getting taken care of. Just like good title company, like Old Republic Title right. with Catherine Cargyle and Barry Davidson. Once they've got it, but, and those are two big things, title and lending. I mean, right. that's what I mean. Everybody goes, hey, I want to go buy four walls and a roof. I'm like, ah, it's only part of it, uh-huh. you know? And then all, you got all these big box lenders, which are horrible, horrible. Everybody goes, oh, Different yeah, experience. Quicken Loans said they're going to save me X amount of money. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to get screwed on the deal. Because in, hopefully you don't, but in right. my experience, more times than not, they just absolutely mess something up. Or there was these hidden fees that the consumer didn't know about. Or nobody you know, nobody answers the phone. There's just not that personal relationship touch. Like when you've got it, man, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you even you you do our personal stuff. Yeah, it makes I mean, a difference. You're who we trust to do our stuff. Thank you. Yeah, same absolutely. to you guys. Every yeah. qu- real estate I have co- call comes to you guys on what to do or what the market is or questions I get. Yeah. Not to mention you being familiar with what you are strong in and what you don't do. Prime example was in 2012, I had my restaurant. I needed to buy the property as part of the deal. Been open for a year and a half. I'd had to buy out two partners already because they were like, no, we're not going to do this. And if you ever want to make a banker laugh, by the way, like if, like if you want to be a knee slapping, roll hysterically, walk into a bank and be like, hey, I've never owned a restaurant before. I'm in a restaurant business. I opened it up. <laughs> we're completely not making any money. And I want to buy And I more. need $350,000 to buy the property. They're like, hey, Joe, you got to come listen to this one, you know, and it, and it, but you hooked me up with Chris Hamilton. He's a good who, guy. He not only saved me in that restaurant, but has become one of my closest friends where now he's living next door to us. Yeah. Like he, he wanted to come live in our neighborhood and he was like, what about that house? And he, and he goes, is that for sale? I was like, bro, everything's for sale. We papered up an offer, walked it over to my neighbor, presented it to the neighbor. Neighbor goes, you got a pen? Boom. Done. And then now Dustin, Michelle's husband, Doing like the house that we did, completely took it back to the studs, complete renovation. So I wouldn't have had that. I can't believe that was 2012. Yeah. Time goes by. Matter of fact, I don't know if you know this funny part of this story, too. So Chris, you know, he had gone to OCS for the Marine Corps, got an age waiver because he was older. And, I remember and that. Man, he gets to the end, gets severely injured, and they won't recycle. And they were like, dude, your age waiver gave you like one shot, and you're injured. By the time you're done with this injury, mm. you're going to be like 30. There's no way we're putting you through OCS. So he was just always ate up. It's just anything he hears Marine, right? So that was the only reason he came to the restaurant. He was like, restaurant? No, but this guy's Marine. I'll, I'll come talk to him. <laughs> and so he, told, you know, he, tells, he tells me, you know, Straight up, he goes, man, there's no way anybody's going to approve this loan. It's just, it's not going to work. This is not going to work. I said, all right. So we were members of the Fort Worth Club. And long before they did a number of the renovations down in the athletic center, there's two floors in the basement. You've got the main floor right. of the athletic center, and then you got the floor underneath that that has the basketball court and had some, you know, vacant rooms where we had a mat. And we had a number of us that would fight, right? So Wrestle we, fight? Oh, man. So I grew up, you know, boxing golden gloves okay. and then hand-to-hand combat instructor in the Marine Corps. And, you know, Chris was a wrestler. You know, Greg was a a jiu-jitsu guy. So we would just all get in there and try to learn from each other. And so for the next three months, I would just get my ass. Like, I would come home and I would have black eyes. And Laura's like, what am I married to? Why are you down there fighting? I was like, I got a strategy. 
said, I'm going to win the hearts and minds of a banker. I'm going to get this loan. So I literally, no kidding, took it on the chin for 90 days. He finally goes to his boss because he was still at, right, at planes. Prime. Yeah, planes, yeah. At planes. He goes to him and says, I really want to get this loan done for this guy. He's a great guy. I know that he'll do everything in the world possible. Boss looks at him and says, all right, I'll, I'll approve the loan, but you're on the line for it. Puts his own everything on the line for me to get this thing done. And so we go out, sign the documents, title company. We go celebrate. Celebrated so good, Laura had to come get us and take <laughs> us home. We had to leave some cars because we were responsible. And, uh, and then the next day, we went down to do our usual fighting. Then all of a sudden, I didn't lose that day. He's like, whoa, where'd this guy Deal's come from? Closed, I was like, I took an ass whooping for three months. To get this deal done. And then just along the way, we just, so anyhow, that connection would have never happened without yes, you. Yes, I remember that introduction. connecting us. Thank you so much for that. Not just for the business-wise, but just to develop one of the closest friends I have on the planet now. Yeah, he's a good guy. So here it is. I, out of all these episodes I've been doing, this is the only one. I probably talked more because you've just... We've had a long history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We've had a long history. Seeing you just reminds me of all these stages in my life that have, I've gotten to where I'm at and, and I've got, I've watched you like you, I've seen the beginning of your real estate career to now you're hosting podcasts. Yeah. How does that happen? uh, Hard work. Yeah. You're constantly doing something and, and you know, who was one of the first phone calls I made to be my guest. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Because you dominate in this space. I have a great team. Yeah. I have a great team. Tell Um, me about that. Tell me about your team. I've got, uh, uh, the technical name is team loan officer, but she is me sitting at the office, Randy. Um, Randy's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So awesome. She makes our team. We wouldn't be where we are without her. And then I've got Jennifer, a processor, and I've got Kelly who does setup and marketing. Yeah. And I just, we're so lucky. We've, Work together. Randy and I have been together for over 10 years. I know. And that just doesn't happen a lot in our industry, you know, no. being at prime lending for Revolving so long. Door, yes. People coming and going. Yeah. And we just clicked and we support each other and we trust each other and you trust her. You know, that's the yeah. nice thing that if somebody calls for me and they can't get me, they know her, they trust her and she can run with it as if it was me. So that's, I think that's a huge part of my success. Let me tell you the reputation that you and your team have. So I got a new client recently, uh, Bobby Corbin. Yes. That dude, army vet, just a, just a good dude. And he's got that Queens, New York accent <laughs> where you just, you, I love to hear him talk. And he tries to keep it not so accent, right. but, you know, after he and Hide I have a, a few bit. drinks, man, <laughs> it, it, it fully, the New York comes out and it, it is great. I love it. Bring it on. And so um, we've been looking at some things for him and he, he just closed on a, you know, his right. his house. And I said, who'd you use for your lender? And he goes, oh, Julie, how? And I was like, what? Like, how small of a world is? I was like, man, I mean, we've got a list of some really great lenders that we really trust Julie's at the top of our list. She does our own personal stuff. And it was just, he was like, man, let me tell you, I was a train wreck nervous through this whole thing, you know, because he owns University Pub yeah. and the bars had just been. And self-employment guidelines, all the things. Oh, yes, man. I mean, just 
I mean, to be self-employed in the bar industry, like 2020 couldn't be a worse time Mm -hmm. in history. I mean, almost worse than Prohibition, right? Because at least they had some underground stuff going on. It's been interesting (laughs) to say the least. And then, and he was like, I I wasn't, I I completely wasn't stressed because of her and her team. Good. That was, that's a huge testament. Getting a mortgage and buying a house is like having a second job, in my opinion. You know, there's so much stuff and... We're conservative in that we do a lot of digging and invasive, and we want to know what color your socks you're wearing up front. Because if we don't know those things, you know, I think people are like, why are you asking this? And it's to prevent blowups and stuff like that. So we just got with him and got a game plan and figured it out. I think mortgage lending is getting a bad rap right now because you can't get approved, you can't get this. But there's ways. There's It's just... You have to, you know, dig in and get somebody who understands what underwriters want and what investors want, but there's still a lot of money to sell. Yeah. For everybody, self-employed and included. Money is cheap right now. Dirt cheap. Crazy You've been cheap. doing this almost Long two time. decades, starting when you were 10. Mm-hmm. You're just now 10, getting yes, right 10, yes. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. And have you ever seen anything like this? Never. And I think it might go a little bit lower, what? possibly. Not wow. not crazy, but I still think that there is some room. And this is reading this morning um, that we may see, you know, another little dip, which really? is not going to be a quarter in rate, but might be just a few basis points. But yeah. my stars, you're at you know under three percent. That's free money, in my opinion. When I started, it was high sixes. Yeah, and I thought this is amazing because you know my parents had double digits and. Oh, I heard people talking about eight percent, and then six percent was so good. And now it's my just, first mortgage was almost nine percent. Yeah, and largely in part was I was a young single Marine Corps veteran who, man, I mean, if I was lucky to have a credit score at all, <laughs> right? I mean, they were like, "Yeah, we can get this loan for you," and but man, it's going to cost you. And then now I had a recent client you were you were taking care of. And there were some surprises that jumped up. Still got the deal done. And they were like, well, and I, I, I love them to death. They are. They, their heart is bigger than this room. They are the kindest people in the world. But when you, like you said, is you want to know what color somebody's socks are, because when surprises come up, surprises create confusion. Confusion yes. creates fear. Fear didn't get anything done. Clarity creates agreement. Agreement builds trust. Trust yeah. gets things done. And... But I was laughing uncontrollably when they said, well, you know, we were going to get like a 3% flat rate, but now we might only get 3.9 or 4 because of X, Y, Z. And I'm sitting there and they hadn't bought a house since the one they had just sold, which was over two decades ago. And I was like, bro, anything under 6% is free money because you can get that in a mutual fund back, right? And I said, but more importantly is my first mortgage was 9 Dude, if you would have quoted me like six or seven, I'd be like, yeah, man, it seems a little great, but you might break 4%. Come on. Seriously? Well, We've gotten spoiled. The media teaches us, too, to yeah. say, you know, well, my neighbor got this, well, my neighbor got that. There's 22 plus factors that go into determining an interest rate. Ooh. You know? So it's, I think it, our, the media trains us to say, you know, I'm expecting this rate or that rate. But when you look at it, you know, an eighth here, an eighth there on these type of rates, I mean, you're Mm -hmm. talking $7 in payment or something, which adds up, absolutely. (laughs) But I think 
going into it, understanding the ins and outs is so much more important than getting the lowest rate. You know, what is this going to cost me? Why are we here? How long are we staying in the house? There's a lot more to it than here's your rate. You know, it just, it's not the same rate for every program and everybody. It's different. Every scenario is different. And with it being so cheap, you can buy more house. Yes. Because that Delta created in that payment allows you to go buy a bigger, better, newer, higher speed Ferrari type of house now than you could have maybe gotten at 6 or 7%, right? Yes, and we're also seeing people put less down. Yeah. A lot. And then that get frees up, you know, updates to the house, new furniture, additions. So that's, yeah. I think, super helpful too in this environment, along with qualifying for a longer house yeah. or a larger house. So you've been pretty busy. As I've ever been in my life. Wow. So we live in a, what I have repeatedly said through these episodes is a post-pandemic protesting writing election year trifecta of 2020. Like, I mean, you couldn't come up with a worse scenario for anything. And the housing market is rocking along. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I certainly didn't expect it. Yeah. You know, um, but I get it. I do get it because the, the, of course, you have the summer coming up, the summer months, but there's so many people making large changes in life right now. And with that comes your home. Yeah. You know, and if that's, we kid, we're like, people, some people are increasing in size so they can have two offices. Some of them are saying, I don't, we're not living together anymore and there's yeah. two homes or a lot of people are moving to more rural areas because they're not going to go back to the office or, you know, they're working from home or they need bigger space. So a lot of it makes sense how it's playing out, but I don't think anybody could ever have predicted anything yeah. like this. I mean, we're setting records. So am I hearing you correctly in saying that these tertiary markets are seeing a growth because now people that don't have to make the commute do want to move further out? You're yes. seeing some indications of that? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Which is great for those small towns, but some of them may not want. They like to be in small town, but... How do the politicians not say yes to all the growth, right? I know. I know. It's that's true. You know, and especially in Texas, I was in an elevator at the Fort Worth Club one time Mm. and gosh, I don't know, it was probably ten years ago, maybe eight years ago, but talking about California relocating here and stuff like that. And somebody in the elevator who was from Fort Worth, a well known name here was said, We're full. (laughs) He was just like and I'm sure some of the small towns are feeling like we've got this culture that we love. Yeah. You know, but a lot of that will change, I think, too, when you have pe- prices going up yeah. for, in, in the small towns outside of the Metroplex. People are just able to go further out and have more flexibility on when they need to be in the office and commutes. And so. Well, even you said it. Your staff wants to start working from the house primarily, right? Yes. And really, why should we deny them that? If they can be just as productive, right? Now, the ones that can't, we need them to come in because right. they need maybe a little more parameters put in place because maybe not everyone does well with independent time, right? right? Some people are designed to, some people are not, but the ones that are, I mean, I'm thinking from, and we've heard this through several guests is like, whatever you're spending on a lease and you don't need that much space, right. that, that, that affects cash flow, right? It, yes. And I've thought I have been in the office and mm-hmm. I'm one of the few mm-hmm. there, um, but I have gone in since May. And my team is still at home. They've started to come back a couple days a week, but I think that 
And it's just, I want to be in the office and have my team in the office. They work further out and, you know, have tolls and commutes. So we're, we're, we're working out what that's going to look like, but I, I like to visit, you know? Yeah. And we have pretty complex files. So I like to talk about files and have team meetings and pipelines and, but I'm getting better at FaceTime (laughs) with my team. And they're, you know, and, but they really like working at home. They, I would be floored yeah. if any, I'll stay full time at the office, Yeah. but I would be surprised if any of my team comes back full time. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Most of our office, I would assume does, is not going to come back full time. So that's an interesting dynamic going on because in the beginning, um, executives had to look at, Hey, wait a minute. You really, everybody was like, well, we'd like to try this telecommute thing, but Nobody wanted to take the risk of it. Then the risk was taken away from them because there was no choice with right. the pandemic where people forced to stay home and those that were essential or needed to, you know, keep the business going. And then so at first it was talking to executives, hearing them say, yeah, I mean, we're evaluating this because why can't we save some money getting right. smaller office space? Then some of the complications came in with not everybody plays well working from home. So they wanted to bring them back. Then the next thing they experienced was, what do you do with a workforce that demands a work from home? And as those numbers grow, you go, okay, well, you want to work from home? I'm going to go hire this person because this person will come in. Mm -hmm. But if the majority of the population gets to a point where they say, I want to work from home, what do you do? do? You've got to make those new plans now. Right? Yes. So some, those are some of the things that are going through some of these executives' heads of saying, we have to look at this from a larger 35,000-foot view of not just what we want, but what the employees want. And I think it will evolve, yeah. too. think so? I know for my industry, we're so busy right now that I think everybody is focused at home. You know, they don't have a choice, right? It's right. go, 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 go. Right. Um, but I, it'll be... Once things slow down, it will be interesting to see if more people come back in the office to work on different projects. Or, And the nice thing about my business is that we're not school teachers, you know. We're not mm-hmm. in there from 8 to 5, and we have so much flexibility because we could take a loan app here, you know. We don't have to be, I need a calculator and a piece of paper. So that is nice, but it it's always changing, I think. Right. Which is different, you know, from where we used to be coming in the office every day. But yeah, I, difference good. What we're seeing, and and I and I am concerned for the larger commercial real estate industry, the larger office buildings, malls. How do they get repurposed? I I mean, even Carol and James were ordering stuff on Prime Amazon, right? I mean, I I can't even I can't even get my father in law to turn on a smartphone, let alone know how to use the thing. And he's on. and now he's ordering you know everything under the sun under there. So there, there is this, this evolving, you know, world that we live in, but I think it's one of the reasons why there's so much pressure on the residential real estate side of it, because how many people living in a house really, truly liked or disliked their house, they were never there long enough to know. Right. Then you spend 60 days in a house and you determine, wow, I really like it or I really don't. Or in a lot of relationships, I really right. like you. I really don't love my kids. Don't really like them. You know, right. Or be. I want this wall gone. And the, the, all this, right? Right. 
and and especially the millennial generation, which, which their generation is about the experience of things, where the old four walls and a roof, three bedroom, maybe bath and a half, two bath houses will become a thing of the past, where now I need a house at least four bedrooms or four bedrooms in an office because if I'm going to work from the house or homeschool because of fears of right. pandemic, you know, I, I tell people, I'm like, well, wait till COVID 2020. And everybody's like, well, what's COVID 20? And I'm like, well, I don't know if, if 19, 19 was the strand that was off of SARS, Mars and all these other ones, <laughs> 20 comes, who knows what that looks like. I mean, I don't want it to come, but the reality is, is every couple of years, these things right? come around you know, what, what will that do to society? And as that happens, people do want to move further out and people do want to have more space. Swimming pool. Swimming pool. I've it's crazy. seen anything like it. Crazy. I mean, prior to the pandemic, if it had a pool, it was 50-50. Some people were like, yeah, it'd be great to have a pool. The other people were like, nah, I don't want to mess with it. Now, wait a minute. If I got to be stuck with my kids for another 60 days, I'm getting a swimming pool for them to... And putting in pools. We're seeing so many people refinancing and putting in a pool. Oh, and then, so Chris Jameson, good friend of ours, uh, who owns a landscaping and pool business, he's coming in to be a guest, talking about, okay, well, we could have built you just a bang-up job of a pool for 70 grand before. Now it's going to cost 100. And I might be able to get to you in a year type thing. Yes. Because now everybody wants a pool and then supply chains because of COVID. And everything else. So long story short is, I think that's why you and us and others that are in our industry are seeing this high, high momentum in the housing market because this is where people are going to put down. And I'm really curious to get your thoughts on, sure, naturally, the, the job situation, which people would naturally qualify or not qualify for now because of the pandemic has caused some interruptions, but instead of creating a gap for people that might not qualify now that maybe could prior to the pandemic, well, that gap has been filled up by people that were sitting on the fence of whether or not they wanted mm-hmm. to own a house. But they're like, well, after this, I'm going to buy a house. Right. So, it's, so the gap got plugged. So there's right. literally no, except where you have even less inventory because more people are like, well, I don't want to put my house on the market because I am comfortable staying here during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we've got less even less inventory and higher pressure on who wants that inventory. So when you're, what are you seeing as far as people that would have maybe normally qualified, but because of this kind of thrown things for weird lube? So the challenges that we have on qualifying, most of what I've seen that if they're not qualifying now, it's not because of COVID. Yeah. It's because of, tax write-offs and how they structure their business. The what we're seeing and what the underwriters are asking for is give explain to us what March through June looked like and why July and August are better. So where we are right now, it's nice because most people are back into some groove where we can say I mean, you know, in I March through May, we all just kind of looked at each other and, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen in regards to businesses growing and restaurants, like you said. But it's, we've also had the ability to say, yes, I think the underwriters are really 
open to, yes, here's what mm-hmm. happened in the very beginning, but here's our plan to be on track again. And, you know, we're doing this or we are had we're at 25% capacity. But when you make a plan and you're able to present it as going forward, we've got a game plan and we're going to move past this, underwriting can work. Okay. So it's not, I'm trying to think if, I don't, We've had reduced hours from COVID have um, challenged underwriting, but we haven't, it hasn't disqualified anybody that I can think of off the top of my head. Anybody that has not been able to qualify recently wouldn't have been able to qualify 12 months ago just because of, you know, how their tax returns look or certain credit scores. So it's, it's not, to me, there's a way. Right. You know, you just got to make a plan and you've got to, you know, you're asking someone to lend you money. Well, they want to know that you're going to be able to repay it in the future, even though you've had three, six months of craziness. And so putting together, again, this is what it looked like. And this is what our plan is to going forward. will get you over the hump of the COVID underwriting guidelines. So that brings me back full circle to Julie Howe is the common theme I've seen with very successful people is they have the natural ability to figure it out. And it was like you just said, there's a way we're going to figure it out. How many people out there don't, or they give up, or they don't want to put together the effort, or they don't want to do all the difficult challenges that come with it. But you and your team, you, you jump into the grind and do it. <laughs> like, what is that? Where does that come from? Where does that drive come from in you. Oh, my business coach calls it the Olympian. And the Olympian. he gets on to me sometimes and says, you can't take every deal. <laughs> you can't save every deal. But we've, you know, our niche is self-employed business owners. And it's just something that I'm dorky about. I love tax returns. I love to dig in and figure it out. And it's complicated, but, you know, everybody has their niche, what they enjoy. There's mm-hmm. some people that are really into rehab loans or bond loans. And it's just happened to be what our team has thrived on. And, you know, you talk to one business owner from another and they say, I couldn't get my mortgage figured out. And they say, well, you know, this hell team has the background and the understanding of that. So it gets me in trouble sometimes, but. (laughs) But you just said something that is yet another common theme I see with successful folks. You got a coach. I have a great coach. I um tell me more about yes. That. Probably top three things in my business was being, I guess, having enough faith to leave my mom's team, which was twelve years ago, and then number two, hiring someone. You know, d- deciding to pay out of pocket to hire someone. And number three, I was at a, I don't know, seminar. I've had my coach for six years, and. Something dawned on me, and I said, you know, I, I watch a lot of the Mavs, and I thought, these athletes, these high-performer athletes have coaches. Why don't I? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Because I just had never really thought about it. And it's expensive. <laughs> Hands down has changed my business. Hands down. Because he is someone that I can call. He's not my husband. He's not my mom, who's my mentor. He's not my manager, and he's not my team. And he doesn't work at Prime Lending, and he's not a referral partner. You know, he has all he does is support me and talk me through challenges and lift me up. And I will have it for as long as I can. I've got a coach. Yeah. 
matter of fact, we just did a recording with my coach. And as I like to make the jokes of, you pay someone a whole lot of money to hear things that your spouse will tell you for free. Yeah. But you listen, but it's (laughs) different. (laughs) Laura was so anti-have a coach, Tony, that she resisted it. And now any major decision that needs to be vetted out, first words out of her mouth. Get this through Tony. Tony's the same way. Yep. What does Ward say? Yep. And and to be able to have that security in a relationship where your spouse is like, hey, listen, because as spouses, you want to be that ultimate relying on each other, but we just we don't come with a book with all the answers. Right. And not having insecurities that get in the way of leaning on someone who does have that experience to bring it in is just a huge game changer. Matter of fact, several of our guests in these recordings, I mean, actually two of them. We have the same coach and others have coaches. And it's like you said, professional athletes have. Right. Because if you want to be top of the game, you need someone to help get you there. Right. Absolutely. Right. And our spouses weren't trained to be coaches, you know? Yeah. They, and I think they could probably say the same thing as our coach and hurt our feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind. It doesn't hurt your feelings as much when it's someone that you don't have to share a bed with, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Lord can tell me stuff. I'm like, oh, if Cody said that that way. (laughs) Okay. What? So I've got to ask this and only share if you want to. Because I will definitely share. Yeah, yeah. What is the most uncomfortable question? Because that's what a coach does, right? They ask you all the stuff that you don't want to hear. Tell you the stuff you don't want. What would you say is the most uncomfortable question that your coach has given you? Were you, oh, I don't know if I have an answer to that, or I don't know if I want to answer that, or oh, it just gives you question. the chills up the spine. He, you know me, that yeah. I'm very, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. So I get concerned about what others think more than I should or worry about things. So he has this whole profile on me and knows he treads. I mean, he's really, really good. Yeah. In regards to knowing what to say where I don't like put up a wall and go, you know, I'm, we're done. Right. But I, one of the things that I fall short on is my tracking in regards to activities. So, you know, what is my business looking like and updating this internal system that they have so he can pull it up on his end because he's in California. Mm-hmm. So he can pull it up on his end and say, you know, you close this many transactions per month, this many leads converted. I am really bad about inputting that into the system. And so that's the one thing that I cringe because I know he's going to say, can you send me your numbers? So that's pretty (laughs) elementary in that, but you know, you just, you get wrapped up and I'll go through phases where I'm tracking everything and then, you know, rates go to 0% and you don't have that much time to log into the computer and track your stuff. So, but his, he holds me accountable in a very, in a perfect way for me. I don't. There's, I don't know anybody else that could come to me and say, have you done this and this? And me not feel defensive or guarded about it. So I, I don't know that I have a super uncomfortable question, but every call we get on, I'm like, oh, he's going to turn in my numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh. I know. Yeah, so. What about you? Six months ago. So I've had Tony almost two years. And there's been, there's been a couple of times, like I got up to walk from the table and he's like, uh-uh, we ain't done yet back down and I was like oh. I mean he's really and he's really peeled back the shades on some stuff right and um, because here's the thing is successful people as we talked about you hit bumps in the roads but we've also left a lot of bodies on the side of the road to get to where we're at 
not intentionally, right? but that was the results of our actions. And we know that. We don't want to talk about it. Right. Right. First rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. Right. Second rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. And you're just sitting there like, I really don't want, oh, I feel like that's the ugly part of me. But you got to have a resurrection at some point to be able to keep going forward. Well, six months ago, we were sitting down and I've got my journal. I always take good notes. It gives me a homework assignment or two, something to go work on. And we've really come a long ways. Um, definitely made my relationship with Laura so much better, not just on a professional level, but a personal level. My relationship with our daughter, so much better. Uh, isn't it people, interesting how it plays into uh, all? That's what yeah. I tell people. It doesn't affect just your business. No, no. I became, and, and so, and I've said this on several of these series now is I'm great at being an owner and I am great at being a leader, but I am the worst at being a manager, right? Yeah. There's things I know I'm really good at. And then there's things that I didn't want to acknowledge I was not good at. So we go through this whole professional and personal process and we get to this pinnacle about six months ago. And he says, I want to ask you something. I said, okay, sure. He goes, what do you do for personal enjoyment? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I like to shoot, you know, I like to go, you know, sporting clays, I like to travel, like this. And he goes, no, no, no. What do you do for personal enjoyment? I had to ask him what he meant by that. And then after we broke it down, I was terrified because I didn't have an answer. I was like, I don't know. He said, you spent, you know, 50s, knocking on the door, getting closer and closer. He goes, you spent the better part of almost five decades focusing on country, focusing on citizens, focusing on business, focusing on people so much that you've never stepped back and had that. Let's, let's call it what it is. The biggest liar in the room is the one in the mirror, right? right? Oh. And we lie to ourselves all the time. He said, you need to have this conversation with yourself in the mirror to figure out what that is because you're not going to do this forever. You may transition to something else or whatnot, but unless you plan on making transitions till the day you die, and that's going to happen, right? I right. mean, you can't control that. You need to find what gives you personal enjoyment. What can you be selfish about? It's just weird to hear that word. What? Because if he, he said, you can't take care of you, how can you take care of everybody else? And he said, and... After being on this planet for almost half a century, your tank's going to run empty. You need to figure this out. Now, the good news is, is I've become more comfortable with that question. The bad news is I still haven't answered it after six months. It's I hard. Still no, I, yeah. Balance is hard. It really is. It is hard. Yeah, it really is. On a lot of levels. And yeah. Yeah. I'm up. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to ask you if you're the same way as... Because it seems to be, again, there's these themes with successful people is we're masochists, right? <laughs> we, there's something about pain that we secretly enjoy. I don't know. I want you, Tom. Oh, tell me, what, what do you think? I, I think part of, I say, I say yes to things that, and my coach has t worked with me on this, you're saying yes to these things, but it's not allowing you to these, these difficult things. So mm -hmm. you're saying yes to these difficult, uh, not a good fit on a client or 
a networking group that's not, you know, whatever. You're saying yes to these things because you don't want to say no, but yet XYZ, ABC are missing out on your expertise. And so, and I, I think COVID has done a beautiful job of helping us with boundaries, you know? So and people calling and not having our best interests in mind, we weren't a good fit and being able just to say, hey, you know, this, you're, it's going to be a better fit for you if you go elsewhere. Well, two years ago, I mean, yes, we'll take care of you. Yes, we'll take care of you. Yes, we'll take care of you. But that's silly. That's not, I'm not going to be a, the best fit for everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That just doesn't, that's not how life works. And so I think in our industry, we, you, you know, you're commissioned, you're bas- you're running your own business and you are responsible for lead generation and bringing it in and it's your name and taking care of people. So saying no is scary, which causes pain when mm-hmm. you don't say no to the right things, you know, <laughs> the hell file that's like, you know, it's going to be bad. And you're like, I have to do it because yeah. I'm the only one who can do it, which is told crap, you know, right. but saying no to those things gets rid of, I think, some of that pain that, yeah. but that's so hard. And for me, but I, I've seen it in process, especially during COVID going, okay, you know, I could work a zillion hours a week, but say, and on our team, where our family comes first, yeah, hands down. It doesn't, a family comes first. If you have something to do with your spouse or kids, mortgage can wait. You know, there, no, I tell my team all the time, nobody's going to die in real estate. It feels like it right. some days, right. Right. but you have to set those boundaries and it, it's not easy though. And I think setting the boundaries hopefully alleviates some of that pain that comes along with just being who we are. You know, that's just how we're wired. Yeah to take on everything. You're so right. And we wanted to be able to take our business to the next level, right? And and I probably said this on almost every episode, is the biggest mistake I made four years ago when I entered the industry was out of ego, I call it the span group. But I have all these great folks that work with us. And really, they're the ones that do the heavy lifting. So there's this expectation of, oh, I've got to get a span, right? And you're like, well, actually, you really don't want me. You really want them. They're the ones that are going to do the absolute best heavy lifting. They're they're going to, they, they, I'm not a detail guy. They are detail folks. Absolutely. They are, you know, Laura, I mean, I mean, that, that, she doesn't miss a beat on anything, Right. Right. And having a law degree, she's compliance of making sure that we're not violating anything, but we're also protecting the client. So that's why when we started this podcast, Winning Strategies Playbook was to help kind of create some distance where even the website is myexperiencedrealtor.com. So that way, folks, you know, because another reason we didn't want to do like spangroup.com was because people can spell span so many different ways, (laughs) right? That they would probably never find it. But it was to create that image of like, really, yeah, I'm the face of it, but I'm not the one that delivers the value. And where we've come in, and we can, we know how to deliver value. We we are subject matter experts right. in problem solving. And COVID showed that, right? Mm-hmm. COVID hit, we had $7.5 million worth of transactions that were supposed to close that all died that quick. But we were able to salvage every single one of them except for one. 
And at that point in the process, it wasn't our seller's fault. It was the buyer had a buyer who had a buyer, daisy chain of things. Mm -hmm. And then, but we were able to work it out over the next 60 days, and then our seller didn't want it. So there's only certain things you you can't control everything. But if you really look at our record, yeah, we only didn't fix one, but that one is we could have. They just chose not to. Right. And and that was setting boundaries of if you're looking for somebody who has ample loads of time to give you undivided attention and do a lot of hand-holding because that's what you're looking for, mm-hmm. we're not your team. That's not us, right? I mean, if you want someone that you can call that's going to answer the phone at 10 o'clock at night and whenever and all this, seven days a week, we're not your team. Right. Right? Um, now, the trade-off is, is you can get someone like that. But chances are the reason they have that much availability is because they're not doing a lot of business. And and if you want to be in control of the processes, by all means, please use someone else because our processes, they work. Right. And our track record and our success rating shows that it does work. So we we explain to folks is if you want a team that is going to look after your financial interest and your financial interest is going to be key number one, you know, because the trade-off too is if you've got someone that yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe maybe they're pretty good, and but they only do a handful of deals a year. But let's say this is their main source of income. Are they really looking after your interests, or are they looking after right. their own? We do such large volumes. We don't have to worry. We're not right. living and dying on the vine by a deal not closing, right? Mm-hmm. Is We don't have to worry about that. So the client's financial interest is always more important than ours. And then on top of that is we, we're like the American Express card. Better to have us and not need us than need us and not have us for when, if something goes wrong, if there is a way to fix it, we will figure right. it out. And so that's who we're trying to attract as clients. But like you said, it gets hard to say no. You're really looking for someone that you can go tell what to do. And here's the deal is you're an expert at what you do for a living. I'm an expert at what I do for right. a living. And if you're not going to listen and heed the advice I'm going to give you, then let's just not waste each other's time. I don't need your money to hit myself in the head with a hammer anymore. Right. I, it just... So being those notes, matter of fact, I remember uh, it was in the last couple of months I sent you in and you called me and you said, man, I, this is just not going to be a fit. <laughs> you know which one I'm oh, talking yeah. about. And, and I said, I get it. I understand. I am not mad at all. But, you know, that was really hard for me. Yeah. You guys are my people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I also, I knew I'm in my head, this is the time that this is going to require and this is how much, many more families I could help. Yeah. But that, I don't know why. I mean, I, I guess... When you hit your 40s, you can finally do that. But yeah. it makes business more enjoyable. And I'm And I guarantee it makes business more enjoyable for the consumer. Oh, you know, because 100%. 100%. It, it's so much more important. People say, what's your, you know, what's the best? People ask me, what loan size do you like? And, I, mm-hmm. and that's not at all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, like peop- I like to work with people who trust me yeah. to do my job and take care of them. That's the best client you can refer to. I think people like us who are into relationships and problem solving, that's the, in my opinion, that is the number one thing that you have to have in our industry. Probably one of the biggest stereotypes we try to, we're always fighting with this is, so not a lot of million dollar houses move in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. but a $250,000 house is going to move in a matter of seconds. So on our social media, the larger ones stay on the loop a lot longer. And because they stay on the loop a lot longer, it just gives the image that we only do big, fancy houses. 
We do everything. Right. From 100,000 to 100 million, we do it. And we're looking for the same thing as the customer experience, the value exchange. You got to want to trust us and be with us, just like we want to trust and be with you. As long as we have that value exchange, we're good. Mm -hmm. One sided is lopsided, lopsided is in the convincing business. I don't have time and energy to convince, I don't have the time and energy to be convinced. Let's find you someone that you're looking for that's not us. Right. This is what we're looking for because we are scary good at what we do when it comes to solving it whenever it falls apart. And it will. And especially COVID showed that in the pandemic, right? And, but like you, as I sit there still, I mean, I've gotten more comfortable with it, but it's still just right there. Just that little ticking of like, oh, did I really have to say no? But a term that I've gotten more comfortable with, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this, is in football, You can actually have a team that comes on and wins every preseason game, every regular season game, every postseason game, and the Super Bowl. Wins every single game. And it's happened. Mm -hmm. Right? But in baseball, in the history of never ever has that happened where somebody came in and won every single game. They pay 120, what, 126 games or something like that? And and there's no way to win 126 games. Right. But you can still absolutely 100% be the best team in baseball and not win every single one of them. So that was a concept that I had to get more comfortable with of you're not going to win them all. You're not going to make everybody happy. But if we focus on the ones that we are, right? love on them. By the way, they're also the ones that are going to send like-minded people Duplicate, to us to, yeah. to, to have that larger volume of happiness. I agree, and I think think? it's an ongoing process. You and Mm -hmm. I could probably meet in 12 months, and I guarantee both of us would be like, oh, I said yes to this person, and it was a disaster, (laughs) you know? And you just have to constantly work on it and focus and say, is this going to be a good fit? And we love what we do, and we love our customers, so we want to make people proud. And sometimes saying no is a better end result, but it's just hard. Yeah. And it doesn't make those folks bad people. No, right? it's absolutely, it could be, it's, I think it's 50 50. I'm oh, not yeah. going to be a good fit for you. Mm. You just, des- you deserve someone that is going to do X, Y, and Z what you're needing. And then I think also, how, you know, forever I took it personally. Yeah. And, which is silly because, but it's, I mean, we care about what we do. So we're going to take things personally, but everyone's not a perfect fit for everybody. You know, that's what makes the world go round. Yeah. There's enough business for all of us. Oh, let me let me tell you how going. let me tell you how bad I screwed the team here a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I get a call from an agent out of state. Another Sotheby's agent said, "Look, I've been I've got some clients that are selling here, moving there. I've re- done my research. Your team is the team. You guys are awesome. Ego, right? Right. Feeding ego, like ah, oh, I'm gonna kill it for you. But there's a reason we have a process. And so." This couple, nice, 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 nice couple, good people. The husband wanted to participate in the process, but the wife did not. In the initial testing that you guys did? In the, just along the way, the whole gambit of things, because really what our process does is determine, is someone going to be able to be a fit for us because they're going to listen to us when we need Mm -hmm. them to listen? And if they're not willing to do these small little things, they've indicated they're going to be very challenging to work with, not because they're bad people, it's just... They want to do it, sure. and the way we do it, not aligned. And so through the process, the, 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 the wife of this couple calls me and says, well, I really don't want to do that. I just, 
really, you know, just really want to just go see these houses and blah, 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 blah. And, but I wanted to please the agent that sent them my direction. What I should have done in that moment was go, you know what? I know another team of agents that can give you what it is that you want because your way of doing things aligns with the way they're doing things. But I wanted, it wasn't sure. about the money. It wasn't about was, yeah. anything. I wanted to, I, when this agent called me and said, you're the best, I wanted to show them we were the best. So I violated the process. And sure enough, it went to hell in a handbasket. And there were some uncomfortable conversations we had to have with them as a client. And then I had to have that uncomfortable conversation, calling the agent to go, this is not going to work. And I would have rather called that agent earlier on and said, what they're looking for is not who we are. Let me help you find the right person for them. Because I wanted to please, and I told him, I said, I just wanted to please you, right? I just wanted to, I just wanted. Yes. Wanted that you so You have the bad. pride in your team and what you and know you can do. Here's what we did. We didn't close a deal. We didn't do any winning for the client. We wasted a lot of their time. We wasted a lot of our time and there was unnecessary headaches. Mm-hmm. All because this guy decided to violate the process. Been there. There's a reason we, we have the process, right? Been There's there. a reason not everybody's a fit. And what it is, is I started playing football, not baseball. And that's where I use my little reminders. Like, remember, this is baseball. That's so good. Yeah. Remember, this is baseball. And then, but that's what we do. So, so, all right. Every learning all the time, constantly evolving. Three things that somebody getting a mortgage, would you say is most forefront of your mind, especially in this trifecta of a world that we live in? Um, what would you want the audience to know? Like top three things. For someone who wants to be in the business or a consumer? To, to be a consumer. To be a consumer. Work with someone that you trust. Okay. I think that's huge. Um, and that you can have a relationship with versus a transaction. Okay. Problem solver. You said, did I list three things? Trust, problem solver, and experience. It, there's... So much to be said in experience because, you know, as a new loan officer, mm-hmm. how you learn in our business, there's no college. You don't go to college for it. You know? Yeah. You learn by mistakes. Yeah. And they're ugly mistakes and they're painful mistakes. And it makes you better and stronger. But experience in my industry is huge because you don't know what you don't know. And there's loan products that I'm not an expert at. You know, I'm an expert at tax returns and other stuff and jumbo lending. But you talk to me about a bond down payment assistance. I'm not going to have everything off the top of my head because I don't have as much experience in that. So there's more likely landmines in those for me. So just having someone who's willing to problem solve and trust them, you know, I think trust is huge. And I get people say, oh, I saw a lower rate. Well, Absolutely. You can go to Bank of Antarctica on the internet and get a lower rate, but are you really going to close on time? Yeah. You know what? Because saving an eighth in rate versus the deal blowing up and you be in breach of contract or missed your closing date is way more painful than working with a, a 1-800 number. And those are hard lessons to learn, I think, for consumers. Because like I said, we're 
so driven to me as a consumer. I'm driven. Mm-hmm. You're driven. The media teaches us price, mm-hmm. not value. Right. And that's hard. But the, if you have to learn it the hard way and a deal blows up. Right. You know, and we get those calls a lot. I tried to go with a big bank or I tried to go with somebody else that didn't understand the process or hasn't been doing it long enough. And so I, but I, I hate, not hate saying that. I have a hard time saying that because I was a baby loan officer, you know, at one time. We were all there, right? Yes. And you want, you know, they, I want them to have business and close deals and get the experience. But as a consumer, they need to have someone on their team that knows what's going on and has the experience Man, to I, guide them. I can't tell you how many clients we now have that initially used the friend. Yes. Or the cousin. And like you said, trust, experience. And interesting enough is every one of these recordings, all these idly successful people like yourself, the key word that comes up in everything across the board is trust. Trust is, that's huge. And I think that's a word that a lot of people throw around loosely and they take mm-hmm. advantage of or take for granted and don't realize it. When you've got no kidding, real experience, real professional, real success, and real trust, that's what get that's what makes the wheels on the bus go round and round. Right. Right. So let's say Julie could go back and talk to 20-year-old. 22-year-old self, graduating with a poultry degree. What would Julie say to Julie at 22 now? And I'm sure there's a lot of things you would love to go say, but what's something forward of mind that if you could go back and be like, if you're going to just do one thing, do this. Believe in yourself. There's only one you. And you are amazing. And the more that I learn myself, the better I am Mm -hmm. for everybody involved. My husband, my kids, you know, learn what I'm good at, learn what I'm bad at. And I I just think self-awareness. I didn't learn that until I was older. And it just, I think it changed a lot of things for me. Learning myself, learning what made me tick. What am I good at? What are my red light things that I need to hire out? Because I'm the detail stuff. Right. Ten years. I mean, I get questions and I will tell people, I'm not sure. Let me check with my team. Yeah. Five, ten years ago. Oh, I would have, you know, figured out an answer and called back and said, I have the answer just because I was afraid of not knowing. But those aren't my expertises, you know. Right. I'm much more beneficial to my team and the client of focusing on the things that I'm good at and know versus trying to be everything. So I just, I think, be you and whatever you are, whatever makes you tick, whatever makes you happy is going to be the best version of yourself for any industry that you're in and any client that you support and take care of. So one of the things that, so that's how I end all these podcasts is asking folks, what would you say to 18, 22-year-old self. And it's literally now becoming this challenge of who's going to say something that someone else said? Because every interview we've done this far, the answers have been different. Really? Fascinating, isn't it? And so that's how you know it's also not like some cliche throw out, oh, I would go tell myself X, Y, Z. Right. I mean, these our guests have really given us some real answers of that's, again, why you're successful, right, is because you don't want to lie to the person in the mirror. If you got to go back and have that right? conversation like, hey, take this away. This is, this, is, this is what you, if you just do this one thing. Yeah, of course, yeah. One, of, one, of, uh, one of our guests joking around, he was like, 
Hey, if I could go back and talk to 22-year-old self, hey, on, on September 15th of 2002, don't go out that night. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because I think there's always For a little sure. truth to every joke, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just, I, I just laughed uncomfortably. So someone's looking to get a great loan product from the great Julie Howe and her team. How do they find you? Where, where do website, they go? Website, call us. Okay, um, website, Julie what's the website? Julie K, letter K. Julie K. K-U-L-I-E K Howell.com. Julie K.com. Julie Howell. Julie K. Julie K. Howell.com. Dot com. And, all right, what's a, what's a good email if they want to email your team? J Howell at primelending.com. It'll just come straight to me. Prime Lending. And a phone number. Is there a phone number yeah, that they course. can call? Yeah, 972. 972. 713. 713-313-3278. 713-313-3278. Thank you Thank so you. much for your time. Thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed am, the visit. I, I am, I love, that with all the guests that we've had, I have been amazed that I really thought I knew everything about our guests and getting in here and thank you for being vulnerable and opening up and me learning things that I I had no idea, which therefore makes my respect for you even higher. And it was already Mount Everest high, right? So now I'm like, we're shooting for the moon. Well, I love what you're doing. It's so helpful. I think this is really neat to talk about these things and we all learn from each other for sure. Well, let we me have ask, to keep learning. Let me ask you one more thing, and I, and I and I and I meant to ask this earlier, but you know me, I squirreled around. Squirrel. Um, so I grew up with a very strong mother. So I am all pro women, and of course, you know my wife. You've mm. known her for two decades, so I have all the respect in the world for women. Of course, our daughter. So, but I also realize that it can be very challenging being a female in this world. If you were to an aspiring female who's looking to be completely successful, what, 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 what is one thing that you would tell them to be like, hey, X? I know that's a, you know, that's a box to I get open that up, question, right? <laughs> But I get that question just because of the industry. Yeah. Um, just in general, to be successful yeah. in general. Stay true to yourself. And set boundaries because just because someone tells you no doesn't mean anything. You know, I mean, if there's someone who you respect and is on your board of directors, so to speak, you listen to those things, but you can do anything, you know, you really can. And believe in yourself, surround yourself with good people. Yeah. And I don't, I'm in a, in a world of men, you know, I do a lot of bank business and I Mm -hmm. have been so fortunate and it's maybe just because I never allowed any of the riffraff in the beginning. Yeah. That I have been treated amazingly. So basically, you know? if, I, if I hear you saying it right, is you set the tone early on to right. let them know, hey, whatever jackassery you want right. to jump into, that ain't, is, that ain't happening here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same way with Laura. Yeah, yeah no, everybody. she and I are very similar. Like, oh, yeah. I think we, we, you know, that probably a turn off to some people. Like, these yeah. women are pretty hard and straightforward, but at the same time, like, we don't ha- put up with the crap. Oh, my, my buddy's laughing at me. I'm like, look, I literally spent the better part of my life in an environment where people tried to kill me for a living, and I'll tell you one person that I am not going to cross is my wife, because she will... 
I mean, I've done things to help that as I've gone to goose feather pillows instead of <laughs> foam pillows. You can breathe through those. I don't walk in front of her when we're going downstairs. Uh, All good things. But, but she's amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yes. And uh, Anytime. Man, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm I am excited. too. This is good. All right. Great way to start the day. Awesomeness. Thank you. Thank you. This was.